So if you needed a good reason not to get involved in politics, if you are a professing Christian, a Protestant, an Evangelical, this video would be a good place to begin. What a great honor. What a great honor. What a great honor. What a great honor. Starts off by calling the Pope your holiness, and yet only God is holy. Only God, John 18, is called Holy Father. And yet here, the American Vice President, born a Catholic, converted to evangelicalism some years ago, is following the trend of many politicians, flies to the Vatican, falls over himself to meet the man of sin, a counterfeit character to the left of the screen, and Mike Pence should know better. But of course, it's election year in America, and Mike Pence, along with Donald Trump, need as many votes as possible from Roman Catholics and apostate Protestants. Thank you. With the Holy Father, I should say the audio is very poor on this, and it's heavily edited. But uh, you get the gist of it, I'm sure. Well, thank you, Your Holiness. And um, I wanted to enjoy it because here in May of... Mike Pence was a Roman Catholic, like I say. He should know more about the Church of Rome than anyone else. But because he is a politician, he wears two hats. And this is one of the main reasons why Christians have no business going into politics, because when you do, you have to meet up with uh, dubious characters like the Pope of Rome. Seen around the world as a wonderful man, a man of peace, a man who can do great work, and yet the scripture says that such a man is wicked, is an imposter, and will take millions, if not billions, to hell, based on his human philosophy and pernicious theology. That's my wife, Sharon Pence. Now we get into the veils. It's always interesting when women go to Rome with their husbands. The idea is that the woman is in submission to the papacy. And of course, he is in white demonstrating his purity. Whereas the women who fly to Rome are expected to be covered in black picturing humility and submission, but also denoting that they are not as holy as the Pope. Thank you for your hospitality. Mrs. Pence, a professing Christian, should know better, but due to apostasy, due to wanting a husband to do well, and it's probably fair to say that once Donald Trump leaves office in four or five years' time. I think most people will be of the opinion he will be re-elected in November this year. Her husband will want to run for the presidency. And again, they need all the votes they can get. But Mrs. Pence, a Protestant, is here all veiled up, showing that she is in submission to the papacy when she should be in submission to the potentate of potentates. It's a family affair. Wife is present, daughter-in-law is present, all veiled up. 
And you would have thought these are feminists who hate men, who hate to be told what to do, and yet here they are very much falling in line. But what makes it even worse is that they claim to be Christian. They claim to be born again. They claim to be Protestants. They claim to be evangelicals. And you say, well, James, this is the vice president. He's a very religious man, a very spiritual man. He is being polite. He's going to Rome on behalf of America. And that's true to some extent. It's nothing in the scripture which would prohibit uh, being respectful to leaders. The Apostle Paul was very respectful when he went to uh, visit one leader during his time on the earth. Daniel was very close to Nebuchadnezzar. And of course, Joseph was the prime minister to Pharaoh. Nothing wrong with showing respect to leaders, praying for such. But this guy is religious. This guy isn't just an unsaved political character. He says he is the Holy Father, and his church still officially teaches that if you're not part of their club, you are going to perish. And yet, to see Mrs. Pence on the far right and the daughter-in-law on the far left, you would think they are all one happy family. And maybe they are. Maybe they are. So you say, well, this is the vice president, a religious man. So he's going to bring his family to meet the Pope. But the president, you may say, wouldn't do this. Donald Trump is more savvy. He isn't uh, someone who suffers fools gladly. He wouldn't allow his wife to be veiled up in the presence of a dubious character. Well, let's go back to uh, 2017. Incidentally, the cross which Catholics like to use and some Protestants is actually an affront to the Lord. You are told to pick up your cross and follow the Lord Jesus Christ, not to use it as a fashion symbol. But let's go back to 2017, when uh, Donald Trump went to Rome. And uh, I've got a video documentary concerning uh, the Church of Rome in more detail, but it's worth just reminding ourselves what took place back in 2017. Now, Donald Trump, to be fair to him, isn't religious. Uh, was once asked if he needed to be forgiven for anything. And he said, no, I've done nothing wrong. So we know where we stand with Mr. Trump. But here, his third wife is all veiled up. A convert to Catholicism. And here she's in awe of meeting the Pope. What you don't see from this clip is how she asks him to bless her rosary. Which he happily does. And I got that on my video documentary. But to the far left of the screen, Ivanka Krishna, Donald Trump's favourite daughter, converted to Judaism some years ago with her husband, the Manhattan billionaire. And yet two Jewish couples to the left of the screen and Ivanka and Melania are veiled up. Picturing submission to the papacy, so interesting when you see these pictures, but also very alarming how the man of sin has been able and continues to be able to deceive the whole world. And like I say, in America this year, it is election year. And Donald Trump needs as many votes as possible to be re-elected as the American president. The happy family, the first family, all lining up to pay respect to the Pope. 
You may say to me, well, politicians all do this. Don't pick on American politicians. Well, let's look at the German Chancellor, an unsaved woman, not particularly religious. Her father, I think, was a pastor uh, from memory, and she's been in office for a long time, met the Pope and previous popes many times, but at least you know where you stand with her. No head covering, no bowing down, no kissing hands, no kissing feet, no kissing rings. Polite, business-like, respectful. This is much more in line with scripture, incidentally. And yet Mrs. Markle, as far as I know, is a non-religious woman. And she's more in line with scripture than Mrs. Pence and Mrs. Trump, who are both very religious. Religion seems to do something to people. I have no problem with this. An unsaved woman meeting an unsaved man, head of state, meeting the German Chancellor, business, politics, discussions about discussions. That's fine. No problem with that at all. But let's go back to 1961. And here, a young queen of England with her husband, Prince Philip, meeting John the 23rd, Ron Carley, a member, we believe, of the Russia Russiacrucian Society, and uh, many fundamentalist Catholics despise this man. They see him as an imposter. They see him as an anti-pope. They see him as being responsible for Vatican II. But the body language is always fascinating when you watch something as old as this and hear the Queen all veiled up in submission to the papacy, and yet she's head of the Church of England which gave us the King James Bible. And her husband, also in submission, and go back a few minutes, would just bow down to Ron Carley as he enters the room, and all these dignitaries are lining up to meet the Pope, who sees himself as the successor of the Apostle Peter. Of course, there are no successors. But for some reason, when religious people get together, they fall over themselves to meet the man of sin, son of perdition, and they all think they're going to the same place. Well, they are all going to the same place, but it's not up, it's down. Interesting pictures. Uh, the Queen has met other people over the years, other popes, and has never stood against Catholicism, uh, abortion, or same-sex marriage. 2010, we were in Birmingham, protesting peacefully against the Pope's arrival, giving out tracts. That was our main purpose, standing on a street corner. The apostles were all street preachers. John the Baptist was a street preacher. Jesus Christ was a street preacher. We weren't uh, preaching anything uh, seditious. But we were preaching the gospel. And just look at these people's faces. Not interested. They come to see the Pope. Not interested in the gospel. Not interested in Jesus Christ. Lining up in their hundreds, if not thousands. The overtime for the police must have gone into the millions. And there's a Pope mobile coming up the street. And of course they see our banner. They see what we are doing. And they do a quick, sharp left turn. Strange day. A very heavy atmosphere. But it was good to go, preach the gospel, and take a stand. You won't see Mike Pence taking a stand. 
rebuking the papacy. He needs their support. He wants the votes of millions of Catholics and Protestants and others this November. And such apostasy grieves Almighty God. And I'm sure many American Christians are also grieved to see their vice president with the Pope, best of friends, or the American president with the Pope getting on very well like a house on fire, allowing both their wives to be in submission to a foreign entity, bowing down and paying respects where respect is not due. If you look online, you can find the Jesuit Oath, which used to be on Ian Paisley's website, interestingly enough, but he's been dead since 2014. And uh, his son is now running the office. So I had to look quite carefully for this uh, oath, which is very hard to find, and I wonder why. And as you scroll through this, and I suggest you pause and read it at your own leisure, it's pretty horrendous uh, what the Jesuits expect of their followers to adhere to. If you think of Freemasonry or witchcraft, it's the same sort of a thing when it comes to the papacy. The Jesuits, what they are expected to do, if secrets are revealed, death will always follow, and yet Mike Pence, Donald Trump, Queen of England, British Prime Ministers, apostate church leaders wouldn't dare, wouldn't dare pull up the Pope, wouldn't dare correct him, wouldn't dare confront him, wouldn't dare call on him to repent like Ian Paisley did back in the early 1990s, and yet even Paisley would apostatize later in life and go into government with Sinn Féin IRA when he was Northern Ireland's first minister. But as always, do your own research, find out more about the Jesuits, who they are, what they are, how they undermine the King James Bible, how they attack biblical Christianity, and how they seek to unite all of the world and politicians and religious leaders together to bring in a one world government, one world religion. And that wasn't bad enough. They all do so in the name of our wonderful Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. Horrendous, disgraceful, disgusting, but what do you expect? We're living in the last days. Just a quick video rebuking Mike Pence, who offers himself as a born-again Bible-believing Christian. I wonder what his church make of this. It may have been back in the 1990s, a member in the British government went to the mass, or a mass of a relative of his, a friend of his, and the church of uh, his denomination found out about it, decided to discipline him. And he was basically reprimanded and uh, castigated. Could you imagine Mike Pence's church castigating him for sitting down with the Pope? But not just sitting down with him, not just pressing the flesh, as they say, but calling him your holiness. It's a great honour to be here. And yet his church, the Church of Rome, is causing havoc around the world, attacking the true church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet this is the problem again when Christians go into politics. They compromise, they sell out, and they work with dubious, nefarious people. And here Mike Pence's family are being sucked in to something that they know nothing about. Going back to Trump and his family, heading to the Vatican, 
back in uh, 17. Desperate to uh, be seen with the Pope. Photographs taken, press the flesh. And of course the media are clueless. Part of the problem, not the solution. And this is one more sign of the apostasy that we are living in. And how all these people are lining up to be united with the final Antichrist. The final man of sin. Breaking news. Almost forgot to include this infamous clip from May 2018. Once again, demonstrating the impossibility of being a Christian and rubbing along with the world without becoming tarnished. The gentleman on the far left is America's first openly homosexual ambassador to Germany. And I assume the gentleman in the middle is his boyfriend or husband. And here Mike Pence, the so-called ex-Catholic, now born again Christian slash American Vice President is swearing in America's first openly known homosexual ambassador to Germany. Why not allow somebody else to do this, Mike? Well, he's decided to do it himself. And one day Mike Pence will arrive at the judgment seat of Christ, as will all of us that are saved, and have to answer for his actions, as will all of us, but some more than others. What Mr. Pence will say, I have no idea. And... Unequal yoking like this, and also his visit with the Pope, which lasted for 60 minutes, will come back to haunt Mike Pence at the judgment seat of Christ, I do believe. The Apostle Paul would say not to be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Jesus Christ would say, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and yet loses his own soul? Take my advice, if you want to go into politics, don't do it. If you want to make this a better world, get the gospel out, preach the gospel, stand up for the Lord Jesus Christ, get people saved, get people transformed from within and not without. Let the world be the world. Let these people represent their countries if they should so wish to do so. But for the Bible-believing Christian, it's not something we can do or would want to do. This isn't our world. We're just passing through. And I will leave it there and hope if you are saved and wanting to get yoked up with unsaved people, you will think again.